save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins have beaten the Patriots for the fifth time in the last six years in Miami. Final play of the game, Kenny Stills catches a 20-yard pass, laterals it to Devontae Parker, laterals it to Kenyon Drake, who takes it to the house. I can't, Paul, recall a more dramatic play in Miami Dolphins history. We've been doing this for several years, and I've been a Dolphins fan for about 20. But I, I can't recall a play, a more dramatic play at the end of a game. I can't either. I mean, I didn't expect that. I expected maybe that on the kickoff return. And then when Kalen Balazs didn't go down, I didn't think they were going to have time to run a play at first. And to see that play there at the end, I mean, you could see Drake was looking to lateral it and all the Patriots were looking for the next man. And he suddenly went, oh, okay. And then for some reason, I totally get Belichick wanting to have some hands guys out in case they hail married it. But for some reason, he had a Gronk who is not healthy, has bad knees, et cetera, out there, which worked to our benefit. And Drake was able to smoke him for the last bit into the end zone. So what an amazing win. What an absolutely amazing win. It feels so good to live in New England right now and have to go to work tomorrow with that under my belt. And for anybody who is listening to the commentary in the last play of the game, after Stills caught the ball and lateraled it to Parker, I think it was Dan Fouts who was calling it, said that not it was either Fouts or, or, the, or, or whoever he was doing the game with said – this 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 will be the last play of the game, and so they did not give the Dolphins a chance whatsoever. I can't really blame them. I I didn't either. But what a fantastic come from behind victory there at the end of the fourth quarter. It was really a first quarter like we were not expecting. I mean, at one point, I I think at the end of the first half, it was I believe uh, twenty to fourteen, uh, something in that neighborhood. But a lot of points put up in the first half, not as many in the second half as the Dolphins and the Patriots defense has started to tighten up. So let's get into the grades, Paul, because we're going to probably talk about the rest of the game as we go through these. At quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, 14 for 19, 265 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. A lot of those yards came on the last play of the game because Ryan Tannehill does get credit for those. But third game in a row where he has a quarterback rating of over 100. How do you grade his performance? Yeah, for me, I know there were a few folks that were down on Tannehill today. I didn't have a huge problem with it, especially given the fact, I mean, well, let's face it. I didn't have a problem with it even before the ankle injury, which I know a few fans were not happy with Tannehill on, but whatever. I mean, it's, I think he came out, delivered a good performance. It wasn't, 
great, but it was more than enough. And, you know, he, he definitely shows rapport with Stills. I really like the rapport he's building with Bryce Butler. He hit Devontae a few times. And really, he spread the ball around. And, and I think he did a good job, including on the run when he had the opportunities. So the fact that he was doing it kind of on one and a half legs in the second half, yeah, I can easily get the guy a B here. I mean, what more can you ask for from the guy in this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't grade him higher. I'm, I'm going to go with a B-plus here for Tannehill. 14 for 19, 265 yards, like I said. What I liked is I saw a lot more velocity on the football this game. And he had some big yeah. boy throws here where he matched Brady toe for toe. For example, when the Dolphins got down 13-7, to Tannehill comes back the first play and sticks a 25-yard pass to Kenny Stills. Then Brady comes back and the Patriots score. Dolphins come right back and he throws a 40-yard pass to Kenny Stills. And also that touchdown to Bryce Butler was a thing of beauty too. So I was very impressed with Tannehill in this game. And the ball is in his hands the rest of the year now. I mean, the Dolphins are now seven and six. If they can get to be a ten and six or seven and or excuse me, nine and seven playoff team here, man oh man, it's it's gonna be an interesting off season with what the Dolphins do at the quarterback spot. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there. I'm gonna go with a B plus. At running back what more can you say? I mean, the Dolphins' three running backs, uh, Frank Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake, and Brandon Bolden, 20 carries, 178 yards, 8.9 yards a carry. They weren't alone. I mean, the offensive line did a fantastic job blocking up front. And who can forget the big play from Kenyon Drake at the end? on the lateral. So there was a little bit of everything, but good for Brandon Bolden too, getting revenge on his old team, the new England Patriots played for them for, I believe five years as a special teamer comes into Miami first two touches against his old team. He has two touchdowns. I don't see how you can give the dolphins running backs, anything other than an a here. I'm going to disagree with you because I can go beyond an A. I can go with an A-plus for these guys. These guys did a fantastic job and were such a huge part in this team winning the game. Drake continues to show why he needs more touches, even though there's no reason not to give touches to the other guys. Just Drake is that special. So, yeah, easily an A-plus here for me for all the reasons you mentioned and more. Wide receiver and tight end, I'm going to throw it back to you. I thought Gasicki had a little bit better of a game, even though it was more as far as blocking goes. I think O'Leary did a good job blocking. Smythe did a pretty decent job blocking as well. And you go to the wide receivers. Kenny Kenny Stills woke up again in this game. Devontae Parker looked okay again. And I really like what they're developing with Bryce Butler. It was also nice seeing Danny get some touches. I'll go with a B-plus for these guys. I mean, they were definitely a factor, but I still think the running backs won the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus. You know, I was probably at a B or a B plus with Kenny Stills, but I'll tell you, I wanted to kill him in the last two possessions of the game before the Dolphins hook and ladder play there because still, I mean, Stills had eight catches for 153 yards. Any way that you slice it, that that's one heck of a game. But in the second to last drive, it was second and 16. Tannehill connects with him, and he misjudges where the first down marker is. He goes down half a yard shy, and then the next play, Ryan Tannehill gets sacked. They punt the ball back. Dolphins get the ball back. Then Kenny Stills has a ball go right through his hands on third and five. I'm starting to look at this guy and think, he's costing the Dolphins the game now. 
but thankfully the Dolphins did come back on that. But Kenny Stills has talent written all over him, no doubt about that. Devontae Parker, again, catches a couple of passes early, then disappears. I mean, and also Danny Amendola did not get a lot of revenge on his old team, only caught one dump-off pass for 10 yards. At tight end, I'm not sure if anybody caught a pass at the tight end spot. I could be mistaken on that, but I don't think that they did. Durham Smythe and Nick O'Leary, like you said, did have a good day blocking here. But given all that, I'm going to go with a B-. minus. On the offensive line, Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James, again, fantastic days out there. Juwan James did step on Ryan Tannehill's foot when he got driven back a little bit, but I think Tannehill needs to get out of the pocket a little bit quicker. I was one of the people that was complaining about that. But then again, it's one play, and it's a play the Dolphins recovered from. Tunzel did have a penalty. We've gotten kind of used to that. The interior of the offensive line, on those trap plays, Man, oh, man, even Ted Larson was doing a heck of a job there. So great bounce-back game for the Dolphins' interior line. Again, 20 carries, 178 yards, almost nine yards a carry out of the running backs. Tannehill was sacked four times. But other than that, you know, and it's it's hard to say, but other than that, it was very well protected. So, you know, overall, I thought it was a very good day for the offensive line. I'm going to go with a B plus. Yeah, I really think Jesse Davis and Ted Larson bounce back in, the, in this game. I'm under no illusion that they don't belong in the Coke bus, but really it, it's they had a good bounce back game. Swanson looked good at center, and, and the tackles, despite that penalty on Tunsil, I thought looked good. Well, let, let's let's just expand on that good there. I think they look, the tackles look pretty great. I mean, I absolutely loved, and I know I messaged you somewhere in, the, I think, the second quarter where – I can't remember a time I've seen Juwan James pull in a game. Let alone, I mean, you know, he goes out on a screen pass occasionally yeah. on his side, but I've never seen him pull on a sweep around the left side of the line. And, oh, my God, I need to see more of that. He was amazing, pulling, destroying people, springing the running backs around the left side, and, and just wrecking things. I mean, it was circa Jamie Nails pulling out in front of Ricky Williams in this game. And I didn't even know that was a, a, an arrow in his quiver. And God, it's a huge arrow. I mean, I had no idea he had the talent for that. And and that alone can bump this. You know what? I'm going to give the line an A-, minus, especially given how hard I was on them last week. Yeah, and again, re-sign Juwan James, pair him with Laramie Tunzel for the next five to seven years. Dolphins have to do it. So, yeah, I mean, offensively, the Dolphins score 34 points. So they're going to be high high grades on this side of the ball. On defense, face Tom Brady, Patriots score 33 points. Obviously, it seemed like there were just chunks of the day where Tom Brady could not miss. He started out six for six on third down, which started to make me cringe after a little while. But let's start with the defensive line, Paul. Good pressure, again, from Cameron Wake and and Robert Quinn. Quinn starting to tally up seemingly a sack every week. Cameron Wake uh, got held his normal seven times, but was providing a lot of really good pressure on Brady. Two, uh, There was at least two times that come to mind where Wake just buried Marcus Cannon and flat out ruined the play. So good there. Same thing for the backup defensive ends. I just don't see enough plays being made by Andre Branch and Charles Harris. Another observation, too, the defensive line. 
beyond uh, Davin Gotcha and Akeem Spence, I've, I've got to give some kudos there to Ziggy Hood and Sylvester Williams. I think this defense has become a lot more stout ever since they were signed. So, you, you know, and when you look at the running backs for the New England Patriots, somewhere around 78, or excuse me, 28 carries, 72 yards. So they really did a, a good job of limiting those ball carriers. So overall, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of pressure throughout the day, but Wake and Quinn were getting in there. Overall, I'm going to go with a B. Yeah, I like a lot of what you said there. So I'm going to I'm going to throw some observations in, in, in instead of my reasoning here because I think you pretty much hit a lot of the nails on the head. Cameron Wake getting held. There was one point late in the game where he came in and deflected the ball out of Tom Brady's hand as he started his throwing motion. If he hadn't been getting mugged there, Cameron Wake would have iced the game. That was that half a second that took a strip sack and turned it into a, a ball batted out of the guy's hand. And, and, and that's where it gets extra frustrating for me with the holds. One other observation as well, I, Matt Burke continues to confound me at times. Andre Branch is in the game. He's been doing a decent job overall pass rushing today. And, yeah, the defense, they limited the running backs. They had Brady batted all over the place. Andre Branch is peeling off in coverage of Rob Gronkowski. What? Yeah, and he's and he's doing it poorly as well. Well, I, I, that's not really, you know, we talked about arrows in the quiver. That's not really an arrow in Andre Branch's quiver to, to be covering – an all pro tight end that yeah. bad knees or no. I mean, it's, that's not an Andre branch skill. You're not fooling anybody except for the fans into thinking that, you know, you're, you're going to trot a semblance of a defense out with it, with a semblance of a scheme. And that disgusted me a little bit. The other thing that disgusted me as well is there were several times in this game where Brady was still in the pocket about to get hit and threw the ball up into the stands completely within the guard box, let alone the tackle box about to get hit and throwing the ball into the stands. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't do that. That's not a thing. I don't give a, sh I, I, we're not swearing, but I, I don't care who you are. That's grounding. That's, that's, that's textbook. You look it up in the rule book you throw it away to avoid a sack while you're between the tackles, let alone the guards. It counts as a sack. So at least three times come to mind directly, and I'm sure there were more. And, and, and that at least make the guy run outside the pocket to do that. I mean, make it a fair game. You know, I'm tired of listening to the officials and the referees just, you know, gargle and cup will go with without explaining further. It, it it it's sad. It's over. They've got enough good on their side. Stop it. And that that was that was frustrating for me because it did take away from the defensive line's performance a little bit because he was going to get lit up. It wasn't thrown in the area of a, of a receiver. And, and yeah, that I'll stop there. But easily for me, I can give the line. It, it, I can give him an A because they were batting Brady around a lot today. It's definitely something I've got to check out myself tomorrow about the intentional grounding ones here. Uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, I thought they provided some good pressure throughout the day. At least there were a lot of spurts where they could have caused a lot more big plays and very close to it, too. And that Robert Quinn sack at the end of the first half, it was 27-21 going into half instead of 30-21. to So the Dolphins going to the second half down two scores could be a completely different ball game. Paul, I'm going to throw it back to you on the linebackers. Eco shouldn't be covering anybody ever at this point. I mean, I don't know why you've got him covering Edelman, and I understand why you have him covering Gronk, but, you know, knowing your personnel, don't. Uh, Jerome Baker did have a costly penalty at one point in the game, but overall I thought he played fine, and, and Rake McMillan played fine. There was one play that comes to mind with Kiko where he flipped positions with Baker and came through and absolutely devastated the play, blowing it up in the backfield. And that was a good play, but overall there was a lot of bad mixed in, but some of it was just stupid scheming that doesn't take into account what your personnel is. So I'm going to give the linebackers a C here. I, I, I think the coverage was pretty poor in this one, whether it's Gronk or not. And, and the fact that they're covering Edelman and stuff, it wasn't their fault, but the, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm going to give them a C plus. I think you, you touched on a lot of really good points there. They had a tough day covering Rob Gronkowski. I think all of them did. I mean, eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown for Gronk. And, yeah, Kiko was matched up a lot with Julian Edelman, which I clearly did not understand. I I think that has a lot to do with the Dolphins being unable to have that pure nickel cornerback because they were missing Xavier Howard. So I think that led to that, too. I mean, Jerome Baker led up some passes to, to Gronk. So did Raekwon McMillan, but overall against the pass, not good enough. I will give them a little bit of a better grade, though, on their run defense. Again, the Patriots averaged somewhere around 2.6 yards a carry from their opposing running backs. I thought they did a very good job against the run. They they were stout at times, so I, I thought they that that was something. But still, Gronkowski goes off eight catches, 107 yards. Need to do a better job of covering the tight end, so I'm going to give him a C plus. At defensive back, without question, we we saw how important Xavier Howard was in this game. And it's not even specifically with how McCain and Minka played out there at the cornerback spot, but when you when you don't have Xavier Howard, not only are you missing your best cornerback, but it also puts these cornerbacks, it puts McCain and, and Fitzpatrick on the boundary full time. And we saw that they did the best that they could, but they let up a lot of big plays, too, especially Minka. This was a tough day for Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I would say probably his worst day as a pro, and it's not a coincidence that this also happens on the same day that he's playing full boundary cornerback. Josh Gordon ate his lunch at times, and he did it several times, and he also drew several penalties. Torrey McTire played a little bit better than I've seen him play throughout the year, too. Kudos to him on that. Uh, safeties did fine. Rashad Jones almost had a pick. But when I look at this, I saw Tom Brady throwing to a lot of wide open receivers, specifically Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. I was not impressed with what the defensive backs did here today. I'm going to give him a C minus. I was okay with the defensive backs today. I didn't think they were great. I think Bobby had a good game. There was a touchdown he led up to Gronkowski that, I mean, Bobby's all a five foot, what, nine? Really, I don't care what the what the program says, and, and he's not a big corner, and you've got him 
covering Rob Gronkowski, and he did what he could. To, he almost broke up the play and almost made a beautiful play. Unfortunately, Gronk is Gronk. Uh, no matter what anybody thinks, he is the best tight end I've ever seen play the position. And, you know, you, you, you've got a, a flea covering him. Again, scheme issues, Matt Burke. Looking at you, getting the back of the bus. You know, it, that that's not on Bobby when he's got to cover Rob Gronkowski. So, a lot of the plays where I saw Edelman and Gordon eating people's lunch, it was really when they were being covered by the linebackers, although there were a few against the corners as well. I thought that penalty at the end on, on Manko was a little ticky-tack. I mean, it, it technically is, but it's a ticky-tack version of it with the game on the line. So that's a tough call there for me. But, again, the big sack by Bobby yet again in this game two weeks in a row – God, he's such a good blitzing corner when he comes. I mean, you, if you re- rewind it and watch that play, you could see him just like lighten up like a Christmas tree before the play, ready to go, and he just took off untouched and blew Brady up. Good job by Bobby there on that one. Um, yeah, something we've been so, talking about for a couple of weeks now about Bobby McCain and, and that nickel roll and blitzing. and Because he's so fast, he's very instinctive with that. And, yeah, I mean – and also with the defensive backs, and I'm going to tell you this now, not to go off on the rails, but I'm going to be really actively rooting for the Dolphins to make getting another cornerback a priority. Not because they specifically need one, but because if you can take a cor- if you can get a cornerback opposite Xavier Howard, and you can have McCain in the slot full time, and you can have Minkett free safety where he's coming more downhill, man, oh man, this is the best secondary in the league. Agreed, and. It also allows you to put TJ in a more successful role where you have him. I, I can't say exactly the, the Jason Taylor role from the Jason one MVP or defensive MVP, but really a similar type of role hybriding in the secondary and linebacker position. Like we talked about before the season, if they're able to set up for that dude, <laughs> what they can do with a better defensive coordinator is just special. Uh, it completely special and it fills some of the needs at linebacker that still exist. You bet. Let's uh, move on. You know, special teams is also one of these positions, too, Paul, that we gush about every week. I don't think we're going to be doing that so much this week. I mean, Matt Hawk had two punts blocked in the same quarter. I can't recall a time a Dolphins punter has had a punt blocked, and he did, it certainly happened in this game. You know Darren Rizzi's going to be – all over the special teams unit this week. Not much else to report that comes to mind. Uh, Matt Hawk actually had two other poor punts too. So the we it, my biggest fear at the end of this game here is that I was going to be looking at John Denny, who got trampled twice on those punt blocks, and Matt Hawk, who's been overall fantastic this year, and saying, "Man, oh man, the Dolphins lost by five points." And if you take out those blocked punts. And those bad punts by Matt Hawk, we could have had a Dolphins win. Luckily, it did not come to that. But that's really all there is to report on the special teams unit, unless I'm missing something. So given that, I I've think, got to give him a D plus. I, I think you are missing something because this is the the unit that I'm still not sure what grade I'm giving as, as I'm speaking because it was terrible having those punts blocked. But before I get to that, I mean, we did see how critical – the performance by Sanders was in this game. 
after watching Goskowski not only chunk one off the upright after the first pass touchdown, but also miss a field goal in this game that proved to be the, I mean, that's a four point difference right there that uh, Goskowski cost the Patriots that that wins the Patriots the game. So it's, we see how important it was that Sanders was automatic on his, on his extra points and field goals in this game. So I can't, I can't dig Sanders too hard on this one. And and then they did have the two punts blocked. They, John Denny did get trampled. I can't give him a great game grade when they, they had two punts blocked, but I also can't dig Matt Hawk for his punts, not being up to snuff after that, because Darren Rizzi completely changed up the game plan for the punting unit. He changed up their formation a little bit, put Matt Hawk on the move, and had him punting. And it's the one thing I agreed with with the announcers today, punting rugby style. It's you know running on the move to the side a little bit and, and kicking it down the field, which is completely outside his normal mechanics. So I'm not going to dig him for, for having not the best punts in the world when he's not utilizing his true mechanics to, to account for the fact that they had something going on in the blocking scheme that they couldn't account for. And so they made an adjustment that proved ultra critical because it looked like the Pats figured out a little chink in the armor and were going to keep beating the death out of it uh, for the rest of the game at that point. And, and Darren Rizzi shifted it up, made an adjustment, something we've begged for our coaching staff to do on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball for well, I don't know how many years here at this point. Um, and he didn't even need half time to do it. So I can give the special teams a C despite two block punts, but only because of those other reasons. Well, that is the longest time we've spent on the show talking about the punting game. I think we're at about like the three-minute the three minute point uh, between both of us. So, man, oh, man, I, we, we've got to recharge the batteries now. So, so Dolphins win 34 to 33, and now they are in a three-way tie at seven and six for the final wild card spot. Baltimore did lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Dolphins are right back in it. I mean, next week at Minnesota is a huge game. If the Dolphins can come away with this victory, get to eight and six, the final two weeks are Jacksonville at home and at Buffalo. So if if the Dolphins can pull it out next week at Minnesota, we could be looking at a 10-6 and six season in a wild card. We, we would have thought that was impossible just a couple of weeks ago. Anything else you want to add hey, on here, Paul? Oh, no, no. Chad, I want, to throw, I, want, yeah, I want to throw in real quick. Isn't it a four-way tie at 7-6 and six right now? Yeah, there's a team I'm forgetting here. Uh, it's Ravens, Dolphins, Colts, and Titans. Excuse me. Yeah, it's four-way tie there, so – it, you know, we could go through all the tie-breaking scenarios here, but I think it's a lot more fun just to wait it out on that. Well, let's talk about our star of the game and our Coke bus player of the game. So the the Coke bus player is somebody that we, um, you know, on the way to the game, maybe they should have taken a little detour, had some Coca-Cola, wink, wink, uh, you know, inserted into their vehicle. So, Paul, I'm going to throw it to you first. Star of the game, Coke bus player of the game. I can't give it to anybody but Drake for the star of the game here. I mean, there were some great performances from a few folks, but Drake had a great game. You could have thrown it to Brandon Bolden, but that game clincher at the end when he went to lateral it, saw the Patriots shift a little and just smoked his way past the guys that that adjusted and then just 
foot raised Rob Gronkowski to the end zone and, and got the win for Miami in ridiculously exciting fashion. I've got to give it to Drake here. Love watching this guy play, and I think he's going to be very special in Miami for the years to come. <sighs> Bad player of the game. Coke bus player of the game. I love that we're calling a Coke bus player of the game. Um, <laughs> it, God, it's – this is a tough one. I mean, there were some bad performances. Don't get me wrong. I got to go with the, This is heartbreaking. It really is. I got to give it to Denny. He well, damn near cost the Dolphins the game with his two botched blocks that led to punt blocks and made Darren Rizzi have to adjust his entire special teams unit. Uh, that single-handedly could have cost the Dolphins the game and should have. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you on that. And you probably took my two players I was going to have. So cuz we don't do the same ones. My player of the game, I'm going to give to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, 14 for 19, 260 plus yards. I liked how he came back and he matched Brady throw for throw when it when he had to. So, yeah, he only threw the ball 19 times and you know, nobody really terribly stuck out in this game other than obviously Kenyon Drake. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kenny Stills had a lot of big catches, eight for 153, but he also had two bonehead plays in the fourth quarter, which makes me take that away. Going to give it to Tannehill here this week, and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of these three weeks go because he's I mean, against the Vikings, against the Bills, and against the Jaguars. He faces three very good defenses. My Coke boss player of the game – I'm going to go with Micah Fitzpatrick. I mean, I know he's been a, a consideration for us for player of the game several times. I thought he had a rough day out there in the boundary. I mean, Josh Gordon caught several passes off him. He, he drew a couple of flags as well. Yeah, the one at the end may have been a little bit ticky-tacky. I wish they wouldn't call those penalties when they're 30 yards downfield and he's right on the guy and he's just too much on the guy and he's getting a little grabby, but – Overall, I think he struggled in this game a little bit. Maybe that's rookie jitters. Maybe he needs to be that special player at free safety or then the nickelback spot. So, Cap, before we wrap up here, I got two things I just want to bring up. First thing, I know it's a little late in the year, but Dolphins NYC did release their MetLife Takeover video. It's a cool watch. You get to see me chat away on it for a minute there. And – just get to see how special that event is and how much it means to the Dolphins and how much you should really try to be a part of it next season if if you're listening. So go check that out. We, we definitely retweeted it. It'll be up on our Facebook page shortly. Uh, the other thing that I want to just point out, too, is with Tannehill's ankle, that's going to bear some watching this week because he kept it loose during the game, but – an ankle injury is weird in the fact that once you settle down for the night and sleep on it, you can wake up with a very much bigger issue with that. So that's going to bear some watching here because with Miami sitting there in that four-way tie we talked about, Ryan Tannehill's ankle is, is going to be absolutely critical in Miami reaching the playoffs. So let's hope it's not an Achilles heel for the guy and he's able to bounce back like he did here in the second half and, and really continue to lead this team down the stretch. Well said, Paul. And yeah, Dolphins NYC always does a great job. 
everybody should follow them. They do a fantastic job with the Dolphins and their communities too. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' 34-33 victory in thrilling fashion over the New England Patriots. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, too, on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fan.